Now back to Pete. Our next guest is a workhorse. Rob, you would agree? Oh, 100%. Still looks like he could play professional hockey. 26 years in the National Hockey League. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. Hall of Famer. Can roll grape leaves with his eyes closed. And you can see him (laughs) Tuesday nights on ESPN's NHL coverage. Let's welcome in number seven, Chris Chelios. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Now, with all that that you're doing, you're working out every single day, you're working on ESPN on Tuesday nights, what do you decide to do? Even more work. You started a tequila. Yep. That COVID uh, period of time, I was so bored, and I decided <laughs> to take on three jobs instead of one, and now I'm not bored, but uh, it's been fun. It's called El Bandito Yankee. Uh, we just launched about, I guess, a month and a half ago in Chicago. Going great getting a lot of support from everybody and the bottom line is that the tequila is great smooth no additives and it's going great and it's been a lot of fun now is this a tequila that you recommend people just drink on its own or that they use to make a margarita both you know now the new thing is they're making these uh, these signature drinks and and if you like margaritas or you like the the, the fruity or flavored types of uh drinks you know they seem to be going over very well with women especially um, but I, myself, I, I like to drink it on the rocks and taste the tequila. I'm just kind of a, a more bland person. I like the Blanco. <laughs> um, but I do, you know, I'm trying different Reposados and, and Ajos. So it's just to each his own, just like a bottle of wine. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're making all kinds of mixed drinks, and it's become, you know, even more popular than vodka now. The tequila, you know, the sensation's been going on for a while here now, and it's, it's, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Chris, why tequila? I mean, you know, everybody loves tequila, but, you know, some people are jumping into bourbon. Some people are getting into the scotches. Obviously, you know, there are a lot of people out there doing the wine thing. What, what appealed to you about the tequila? I think it's like you mentioned, bourbon tasting. It's, it's become that type of uh, thing uh, where people are sipping tequilas. And, uh, and that's basically exactly what it's been, like a bourbon type of uh, uh, the whiskey and and. and People, you know, transition to the tequila because there's so many different types out there and, and flavors and uh, and the history of it, which is kind of cool, just like bourbon. So, like I said, it, it's it's something you just have to acquire a taste, and then you know you just pick and choose what you like. When I heard that you came up with a new liquor, I dis- I I just immediately thought Uzo. Is that the next thing? Oh my God! You got to really acquire a taste for Uzo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Drinking black Agreed. licorice, I guess. But, um, but why, like why anything is else, that? I don't know. But after the first two or three, it doesn't make a difference anymore. So um, no, uh, I prefer tequila. I've been drinking it. You're a little younger, Pete, but you were used to drinking terrible tequila back in college. Yes. And, you know, not so much high school because the drinking age was 18, but. Um, now, you know, what a difference in the quality of the tequilas. So that's that's the biggest thing. And I'm sure you've talked to every person who's had a bad experience on tequila. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like you're shooting it anymore. Or we'll leave that up to the college kids. They're still going to do that. But um, it's it's a 30 to, you know, 45-year-old age. That's a kind of the target we're after. Um, and, and just enjoying, you know, sipping tequilas or those signature drinks. What is it with Uzo, it's a Middle Eastern thing. Uh, the Greeks have Uzo, the Lebanese have the Ada. My mother, when someone gets married, anybody in the family, she carries that bottle. It tastes like black licorice, and she walks around and she does shots with everyone. 
Is yeah, that there's a... no sipping. There's, you just no. cut out the middleman, and that's just to get hammered and dance. That's what they do. So, yeah, that's but there's been fun. some fun nights. Yeah, no, it's there's some fun times. It's just the next day because there's so much sugar in that ouzo. But anyway, right. it's a good time. And now, is this El Bandito? Is this um? Is it gluten free? Is it the whole deal? Everything gluten free, 100 percent, no additives. Like the one thing people don't understand is that you can advertise as 100 percent agave. But you're still allowed legally to, to, to put 1% of anything you want in there, whether it be sugar, glycerin, the, the, the vanilla beans. So it's a little misleading, but we are 100% additive-free. So all you're tasting is that blue agave. And uh, it's it, like I said, you get that little sweetness from the sugars and the agave. But, again, you, it's, it's great to wake up the next day and not feel like you did drink. So it's, yes. it's a good feeling. Wow. We're talking with Chris Chelios. We haven't even talked hockey yet. We've been talking about tequila <laughs> and ouzo. I want to ask you about uh, Kyle Beach, former Blackhawks video coach Brad Ulrich. Uh, he's accused of sexually assaulting Kyle Beach, who's a former Hawks player during the team's run back in 2010. Blackhawks GM Stan Bowman resigned. Former Hawks coach Joel Quenville resigned as Panthers coach after the investigation. What happens now, Chelly? Where do we go from here? Yeah, real unfortunate situation, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not behind those closed doors, you don't know what was exactly said. So I think Danny's statement, Danny Wirtz's statement, was you know pretty powerful and pretty straight to the point that they're going to continue to do this investigation with full transparency, and then, you know, when it all comes out, you know, you decide, you know, what was fair, what wasn't. But, you know, there's all kinds of talk now. You know, they're going to obviously have to hire, you know, a, a replace some replace a lot of positions open. But, the, you know, again, hopefully the healing process, and especially, you know, guys like Stan Bowman, Quenville, what, you know, fate for them. But, again, you know, the, now the coaching change, you know, Derek King took over. There's a little bit of a different attitude, especially the way they're playing. Kind of simpler, uh, more defensively. Not you know, not having outnumbered situations, and that's they got plenty of scoring. That's not the issue. Their problems defense, and it's it's, it's a whole team, including you know Mark Andre Fleury. He's a great goalie, resident you know goalie winner from last year, and they got to play better in front of him, and he's going to get better too. So you know now they should just be thinking playoffs. You know, it's start now and just think about getting in the playoffs. That's it. That's their mindset. Well, that's just it, Chris. I mean, the two most difficult things to do in the NHL are, are to miss the playoffs and then to win the Stanley Cup. And that I think that should be the Blackhawks' motivation is just get in and see what yeah. happens. Yeah, anything can happen in the playoffs, especially you know the guys he added. They added Jones. He's got to simplify his game a little bit. He's he's trying to put the you know everybody on his shoulders and try and do too much. And as a defenseman, sometimes that hurts you. But you know. They'll talk to him. I'm sure they'll get to him, and he'll he'll settle down and, and get more responsible defensively. And you know, Tyler Jones is out right now. He's a good little player. He's going to help. Gives them depth. You know, they made a statement the Blackhawks by getting these three guys: Flurry, Johnson, and Jones. So, you know, like I said, hopefully it, there's no way they're that bad a team as what happened the first 10, 12 games of the season. And and they can get better. And you know, with Tay's back this year, he's still been out for a year and a half too. So let him get his chance to get his legs and and get his timing back, too. Chelly, would you ever coach? And before you answer that, you said you would never do TV, and now you're on every Tuesday night on ESPN. (laughs) No. Would you ever coach? Because you know the game so well. I've coached, and I've coached Olympics. I've coached World Juniors, you know, short tournaments. 
Um, I never said I'd never coach, but I said I'd never play for the Detroit Red Wings, and that came back to bite me in the ass. So I am not going to say I'll never coach again because I do love coaching. What I don't like is the grind, the video, the overanalyzing, and unless I was the head coach shading all that, uh, I don't think I'd ever take a run at it again. But like I said, I'm not going to say never. You know, I, I, I really do enjoy it, and it's the closest thing to playing. So uh, we'll see. You know, I've got grandkids now, so that plays a part of it too. Wow. The, the one thing I love about Chris Chelios's career, and I'm going to bring kind of Lisa into the loop here, Shelly, uh, because she's she's not the biggest sports fan. She you know, she she enjoys it. But the one thing about your career is you played for three of the original six NHL hockey teams. And I think that is just fascinating. You succeeded at, in each city, Montreal, Chicago, then Detroit, completely unique cities. Just talk about that for a second. Yeah, I mean, real lucky. And actually, I tried to hit one one more as the New York Rangers after we won in uh, Detroit. I had an opportunity to go there, and I, it was all about playing for the original six teams, the history and the tradition of those teams, and mentioned great cities, great sports cities uh, in all sports. So, like I said, you can't help but, you know, I'm all about history and the old players. And, yeah. you know, Chicago, I grew up watching Bobby Hull, Stan Makita, Tony Esposito, Detroit. You know, I got to meet those legends, uh, you know, Ted Lindsay, Gordy Howe, uh, the, all the players. And then Montreal, obviously, with, you know, Serge Savard. I played with Guy Lafleur and, and some of the greatest players ever. So it meant a lot. I, I always said it was like having a Harvard degree, uh, yeah. being able to break in with Montreal and, and learn, you know, about the winning and, 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 you know, just listening to all these great players. Well, and, and I, I, I won't keep getting too far into the weeds with this, but I just want to give Lisa an idea. I covered the Montreal Canadiens for the better part of nine seasons. There it is. We had to mention covering, it. Covering the Montreal Canadiens is akin to combining covering the Cubs, mm-hmm. the Bears, yep. the Bulls, the Blackhawks. That's how intense the coverage is in Montreal. And, Shelley, as you know, you're doing it in two languages. Oh, my God. Thank God I couldn't read the French papers. Did I get ripped? <laughs> um, yeah, that was I, probably a blessing. That, you know, I was try, We did take... French we started made seven of us we had seven rookies and made us start taking French lessons and then when I started you know learn how to read a little bit I decided that's not a good thing but yeah you're like I guess the only team I could compare would have been maybe you know when the Bulls were winning with MJ or obviously the Yankees probably right. uh, were one of the teams that you just couldn't hide you're under the microscope for everything um, and, that, and that goes in anywhere in Canada too because they take it so serious but again, there's no better place to play than Montreal when you're winning, and no you couldn't hide when you were losing. <laughs> Chelly, you won the Stanley Cup twice in Detroit, and both times you brought it back to Chicago, and you went to a bar where we both knew the owner, Donnie Cruz, and Donnie used to call up everybody knowing that the Stanley Cup was going to be there, and he'd tell us, get over here, Chelly's bringing the trophy. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the greatest traditions in all sports that you could bring the trophy you know, get it for a day or two. I had it for a few more than that because I was a veteran. But, yeah, to share that with your friends and, and mention Donnie, who was one of my best friends in Chicago, and that bar was magical because of Donnie and a lot of great nights there. And the, the people that have been through there, meaning celebrities, you know, Eddie Vedder and you know, Garth Brooks and so on, and guys who just jump up on that stage on Sunday night live karaoke. So the biggest thing was sharing it with, you know, the people of Chicago and, the, and all my friends and family. And that bar we were talking about was called Stanley's. 
More with Chris Chelios, the Hall of Famer. Remember, you can check him out, ESPN NHL coverage every Tuesday night. More with Chelly. Chelly, hold on a second. More coming up next. You got it. All right. Chelios coming up there. Chelios scores. Chelios just walked in and took the shot. And it's 1-0 on that power play goal by Chelios of Chicago. Chelly, was that game one of the Stanley Cup finals? I think that was game one, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Did I score in the Stanley Cup Finals? That's a million-dollar question. I don't Hold think on. so. <laughs> I have it right here. We're talking with Chris Chelios. Game one, 1992 Stanley Cup Final. Oh, yeah. Penguins and Blackhawks. That was in yes. Pittsburgh. I, yeah, that scored game... against Barrasso, I remember. I do remember yeah. the goal. That I was, I was thinking, you know, Detroit because we won there. But, no, we didn't win. But, yes, for sure, that was against Tom Barrasso. And I remember shooting from the sideboards. And it was a weak goal, but it counted. Look, Chelly, I remember that series because I think you guys jumped out to a 4 nothing lead in Pittsburgh only to have these giants, Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, and the like, come back and beat you in that game, and they swept the series. I was so sad because I'm a Blackhawks fan. I wanted you guys to win. <laughs> yeah, it was the beginning and the end. I think we'd won 11 games in a row. They won 11 games in a row. It was a streak, and they ended up breaking the record for consecutive games won. And it all started with a lucky goal. Mario shot it from the corner, banking it off Eddie's the back of his leg. And then, of course, that Yager goal where he turned four guys inside out, and that was the end. So we never recovered, you know, from that. But they, they were a great team. We just, you know, we hit a wall, and Jeremy got hurt. You know, we just, whatever, we got beat. Sad, though. Explain to people what you do for the Blackhawks. Uh, basically, I've been doing ambassador work with Bobby you know, the late Tony Esposito, Danny yep. Savard, and it's great. You know, it, it's, you know, like I said, they're my childhood heroes. And to be able to sit up there in the suite with Bobby and Tony and Savvy, not so much Savvy because I, you know, played against Savvy, but um, it, it's, it's almost a dream come true to come back. And now they've got my daughter doing the, the radio and the TV, and mm-hmm. I see her up in the press box. And it's just, awesome. like I said, I always intended to come home, you know, back to Chicago and take care of my parents. And, and I, like I said, it's been great. All right, Chris, I have three nephews. They all play hockey. What is a skill? What is the most useful skill for youth hockey players to work on? Skating. It's a skating league now. It's a skilled league. But if you can't skate, as opposed to like in the 80s and 70s, you had a lot of guys that were terrible skaters. It was a slower (laughs) game. But, yeah, it's it's funny. But, um, you know, now you've got to be able to skate. And even the biggest guys are great skaters. And that's. That's what I'd say. So, what the the phrase, the late Badger Bob Johnson said, the legs feed the wolves. So, I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I never got, I just just assumed that that you got to have strong legs. So, that's what I did. Well, Shelly, you hit the nail on the head. I think that the loss of an entire NHL season was probably the best thing to happen to, to the league because you played in an era where the guys could lean on you. There was the neutral zone issues, and then you had the lockout and then the Shanahan Summit with Brennan Shanahan, and the rules were sweeping. It opened up the game for all of these skilled players, and now it's just so exciting because they can showcase their skills. Yeah, it is. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm you know maybe because I'm old school, you'd have to act like my kids. I think one of my kids really enjoyed this 
what with all the changes because he was a skill player. Uh, the other kid was more like me and enjoyed that North American style. But, you know, I mean, you guys go to the games and whoever goes to the games, whenever there's a big hit or it looks like there's going to be a scrum or a fight, people people get just excited <laughs> oh, as yeah. a goal. Yeah, so absolutely. I'd like to see a fine line of European skill and North American style physical game. And you know what? That all comes out in the playoffs. Regular seasons, you know, 80 games, and you can't play that level and that style. But come playoffs, these guys are, you know, down for the playoff race towards the end of the season. Then, then you see the style of hockey, you know, that I, that I love and I think the fans do too. Speaking of fights on the ice, what hurts more? What hurts you personally more, getting slammed on the ice or waking up the next morning after drinking cheap tequila? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got to say, I had, but after getting slammed on the ice, the tequila helped so I wouldn't hurt. So <laughs> I would, that's about a wash there. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, as you got older, you, you know, you wake up and it's not as easy to get out of bed or move around. It takes you, you know, 10 minutes to get going on the ice when you the morning skates. But, like I said, if you drink the good tequila, you don't have to worry about that. By the way, this guy still works out every single day, and I try to keep up, but he works out in a sauna. Ooh. Yeah, I invented that. Like Rocky invented hitting that cow in the, you know, that that house, that warehouse there where the they meat locker. In there. Oh my yep. God. How the many locker, gallons yeah. of water do you need to drink after working out in a sauna? Quite honestly, I cramp up all day. I just cramped up driving <laughs> to the airport. So not enough. <laughs> I'm not drinking enough. I just, I just seize up every 10, 15 minutes. But, um, you know, I, I just did it because there's nothing better than sweating like that. It's like when you get the flu or you get sick and you're lying in bed, your body's automatically getting rid of that bad stuff. So, uh, you know, just, you know, someone told me, and I, this guy, a coach, his name was Danny McLean, coached the Wisconsin Badgers football team, you know, back when I was going there in the 80s. And he was riding a bike in the sauna, and me and Gary Suter walked in, and he's got a rubber suit on. And I go, man, that's, that looks good. You can sweat real easy. And, but unfortunately, he died on the bike in the sauna. Oh, season. my. What? Yeah, but the key is don't wear that wrestling rubber suit. You're not supposed to wear anything. Oh you got to let gosh. your body breathe. Real sad story. He was only about 47 years old and not in that bad of shape. So uh, just be careful if you're going to start exercising or riding a bike in the sauna. Look at him with the public service announcement. And, you know, he's riding the bike in the sauna. He's doing weights in the sauna. You still look like you could play. Yeah, well, I got to say that because who knows? Someone might sue me if they go ride the bike in the car and say, <laughs> I told them to do it. So. Right. Talk to but your yeah, doctor I mean, before starting. There you go, right there. There's Thank the disclaimer. You. Thank There's you very much. Yeah. yeah. Chris Chelios, check out his tequila, El Bandito tequila. Thank you, brother. Thanks, you guys. Take care.